everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Dross. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 to 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today, we've got a special guest, someone who's had a lot of success at the junior level um, up in the CCHL at the Carleton Place Canadians. Um, our guest today is Jason Clark, who uh, played in the CCHL between Smith Falls and Kingston, went on to Brock University, started his coaching career pretty early, um, started his junior coaching career with the Ottawa Junior Senators, uh, and went over and became the uh, head coach of Carleton in 2008, and ever since then has been uh, with the Carleton uh, Place Canadians. And in recent years, uh, Jason's been named Coach of the Year in 2013-14, 14-15, 2019-20. And he's also been GM of the Year from 2016 through 2020, um, again, just in recent years. Um, I guess, how are things going, uh, Jason, with everything? And, and I guess, uh, how are you guys uh, combating this COVID situation? Well, first off, Cody, uh, Colvin, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Really, uh, really appreciate you having me on the show. And, I mean, I think uh, – you know, I think everything is going good considering, uh, considering what's going on with, um, you know, with COVID. So, I mean, it's a different time and, you know, you're just trying to uh, make sure that you're, you know, you're following all the rules and all the protocols and it changes day to day. So we're having daily meetings with our staff and our players and just making sure that we're, you know, we're staying up to snuff on, on everything. But I mean, I'll be honest with you, the, uh, the, the kids have been really good. Uh, the kids just want to be able to play hockey, get on the ice and, start working on their games and they've been actually, you know, actually very, very disciplined with, uh, with all the protocols. So, you know, other than that, you mean uh, that it's a good part, but it'd be nice to get back to some, uh, some normality here and uh, in life in general and, uh, and on the ice for sure. But uh, very, very happy and very proud how, uh, how the players at our camper are dealing with the situation right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, does, and uh, we'll, we'll dive into Carlton, but like, what does the league have any sort of uh, general protocol? I guess, is there anything you could tell us about that? I guess, I guess no one really knows how to deal with this, especially at the, in the hockey aspect, but um, is there some kind of, uh, I guess, uniform protocol across the league? Yeah, there is. I mean, Colby, I'll be honest with you, like Kevin Abrams, uh, the commissioner of, of the CCHL is uh, just an, is an, is just an unbelievable person. So organized and just has a, a lot of attention to detail and, um, you know, he sent out a 14-page protocol on, you know, how the players uh, are to be, uh, to, how to be screened every day, um, you know, how, um, you know, how they arrive at the rink and, and uh, you know, times are able to be at the rink. And, I mean, just from, from point A to point B, it's, it's very detailed. Um, then he had, he, our league had sent uh, all those protocols to all of the uh, facilities uh, within our league. And, you know, then we sat down with our, our facilities managers here and made sure that all the protocols um, were, uh, were, you know, were, were matching within, uh, within the facilities. But, I mean, mainly uh, Kevin just did a great, great job of working with all three health units that are within our league and uh, just really kind of followed the health units, uh, added some of our own protocols to, uh, um, you know, to, to be able to make sure it was just, you know, that much more stringent, uh, you know, of anything, uh, you give a teenager an inch, they're going to take a mile sometimes. So some of the uh, protocols are, are pretty stringent, but you I mean, it, it, it's for the right reasons and, and for the good reasons for everyone's safety. But, um, you know, without Kevin Abrams hard work right now, we would not be where we are, um, you know, with, uh, with, with our league right now. So we've, we've been in training camp now for the last, uh, for the last four weeks and we go into our exhibition uh, season coming up here on Friday night, we'll play our first exhibition game. So 
things have been going good. And, uh, you know, again, um, I can't stress it enough without, uh, without Kevin Abrams and, and Mark Grady and, and Sean Marcellus in our league uh, doing the work they're doing. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Yeah, it's awesome. Even across Canada, I mean, you guys are going to start playing. I mean, the BCHL just had games last week. And, you know, it sucks that, you know, they don't have fans and stuff like that for the experience. But they're playing and, and it's uh, – they, they had great feeds on the video. And I think the leagues are going to do what they can to obviously help still promote the kids and whatnot. But um, diving into, like, your guys' organization, obviously Carlton Place, everyone knows, is one of the top programs in Canada. I guess, like, before we dive into the hockey piece, you know, what – you know, tell us, uh, you know, what is, for people that aren't familiar, like where is Carlton Place? What is it like? Um, and I guess kind of give us uh, where it's located. So Carlton Place is about 15 minutes uh, west of, uh, of Canada where the Ottawa Senators play. And then we're about, you know, 30 minutes away from, from downtown Ottawa. And uh, it's, a, it's a small little town. It's about a population of about 10,000 people. It's more of, a, more of a bedroom community than it is anything, but um, it's located right on the Mississippi Lake and Mississippi River. So mm. it's a really heavily populated, like, cottage country. It's, I mean, we always kind of call it God's country because if you like to fish, hunt, um, you know what I mean, and, and do act, uh, outdoor activities like uh, snowmobiling or four-wheeling or hiking, you I mean, you're in, a, you're in a really good spot. So, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of history here in, in the town of Carlton Place. Um, I mean, they've got uh, – the number one uh, canoe club in, in, in all of, uh, in all of North America, they produce uh Crown place produces uh, more Olympic uh, paddling athletes than any other uh, canoe club in, in, uh, in the country. And you I mean, and, and also what makes us famous is uh, this is the hometown of Roy Brown who shot down the red Baron in, uh, in the world war. So it's uh, he's a, he's a big icon here. We've got the Roy Brown street and Roy Brown, everything, Roy Brown parks and, Roy Brown memorials and it's uh it's that's uh, a big part of our big part of our community for sure it's it's a great uh, great little place uh, I was uh I was I was uh, I was raised here I wasn't born here but I, my, I moved here out of Crown Place when I was eight years old and and I've been here ever since and uh, I've raised my family here it's a it's a great little small community and it's uh it's got the best of both worlds of being so close to uh to a big uh, city like Ottawa but you also get the small town home feeling here um, you know, still not being too close to, uh, you know, to anything else. So it's, um, it's good. It's, it's been a great experience and, and, and I love the town of Crown Place a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like touching on, you know, where, what, where do you guys, I, my time in Dubuque and stuff when I've traveled all over, I actually never, I never went to Carlton Place itself. What, what, what rink do you guys play out of and what does that look like facility wise? So we have the Carlton Place arena. It's, uh, we call it the, uh, Andy Sturts, one of our, uh, one of our, uh, well, probably the best players ever played in our program to this date. Um, you know, called, used to nickname it the CPC ice palace. So we call it the old ice palace. So this rink was built, uh, was built in the fifties and there hasn't really been a lot of re renovations done to it over the years. And it's, uh, it's the cleanest rink in North America. I can tell you that, but it's, uh, it's a small barn. It's uh, it's kind of like about the same size as the old Boston Gardens, and it's a it's a tough place to play. There's no doubt about it. Not a lot of room to uh, to maneuver around here. It kind of separates the men from the boys, and and plus the stands are kind of right, literally right on top of uh, right on top of the rink. So it's a lot of fun when this place is uh, when this place is full and rocking. It's probably one of the best atmospheres, probably maybe in the country when it comes to uh, to atmospheres and small rinks. So it's a lot of, a uh, lot of fun to play here. It's a lot of fun to, to be a part of, and it's, uh, it's got a lot of characteristics to this rink. That's for sure. 
Yeah, I think, you know, obviously moving more into the hockey aspect here, like you guys, I mean, it's, it's no secret, tons of success. A lot of guys moving on to Division One. I, I mean, even Division Three, and, and, and guys that have not played professional. I think like one thing would be interesting to hear from, from your perspective is there's obviously always some sort of foundation to that success. Um, you know, what, I mean, again, I know there's probably a lot that you could, we could talk an hour or more days about it, but, you know, in short, I mean, a couple things you think are important that have led to that sustainable success and, and kind of our key tenets to that foundation. Well, I think, I think it starts with the staff. It starts right away with the staff and, and, uh, and, and, and their, and their loyalty to the program and their loyalty of, of, of how, of what our culture really is. And, and it starts with obviously with the staff. I mean, I know I'm the coach and the owner, but um, without being able to surround myself with really good people, you know, this organization wouldn't be where it is. So, you know, we've got, uh, we literally have the same staff that we've had a couple changes here and there, but we literally had the same staff and volunteer base for the last 12 years. So, I mean, I think oh. that, is a, that is a big staple of, of, of how we do things. And you mean, and then our community, you mean, uh, without our community support, um, you know, this is a small town, like I said, about 10,000 people, but we have over a uh, hundred businesses that are involved, uh, with our, with our team here in, uh, in Carl place, right from some big, bigger corporations, right down to mom and pop shops. And, you know, without their, without their support, their fan support, but also obviously their advertising and sponsorship support, you know, we wouldn't be able to provide the, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the atmosphere wouldn't be able to provide the things that we, that we do for the kids uh, without their support. So, you know, staff and community are, are really big. And then, you know, obviously, you know, for us is the big thing that we've talked about all the time in, in our, in our program. And what we want to do is, you know, we want to be able to develop people. So, I mean, our job is, um, you know, all these families uh, and, you know, family advisors and agents and moms and dads are, you know, are, are putting their, uh, you know, child's uh, future in, into our hands. And, you know, at, the, at, a, at a very impressionable time of, the, of, of their life, you know, from 16 to 20. And, you know, hockey is hockey. and But uh, hockey is about gaining life skills through a game you love. And, you know, our, our mandate with, with our staff and um, what we've done for the last 12 years is that, uh, you know, when they come into, into our organization a little wet behind the ears and their eyes are wide open, you know, they're just young kids and we want them to, to leave as, you know, as men and, and growing up men and, you know, get some really good time management skills and, you know, how to, how to work hard, how to compete, how to, you know, how to fight through adversity. And, you know, I think the, the, the more focus you, you have on developing the people, um, you mean the easier it is to be able to get what you want out of the, you know, out of the player. Uh, to develop his skill, develop his, his, you know, his, his game skills, his individual skills. And those really, to be honest, are, are, are the three kind of pillars to, to what has uh, brought a lot of success to our organization. Yeah. I think too, you hitting on like, you have people there that want to do things the right way, the right reasons. And that's, that's always, I mean, really important for all the stuff you just mentioned. I think also you touch on how important it is to develop the person. I think I'd be interested to hear from your perspective, like, I know, look, you've been coaching for a long time, but even just in the last, you know, five to 10 years, how, how in your eyes has that changed for, with the players and dealing with the kids from, you know, even five years ago to today or, or 10 years ago to today? What, what, is, what would your opinion be on that? I think the big thing with the players is, is that they're very, very self-aware about, you know, what they need to do in order for them to be, um, to be an elite player. 
So, you know, all these players, they come in. I remember that 10 years ago or 12 years ago when we had training camp and you had training camp guys were in half decent shape and, you know, guys kind of ate okay. Like, you know, now the kids now have, you know, they have individual skills coaches. They've got strength coaches. They've got nutritionists. They've got skating coaches. I mean, there's a lot of uh, emphasis put on, you know, individuals um, all the time. And one thing that there's a big difference from 12 years to now is that, you know, back, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, we really had to be able to make sure that we focused a lot on guys, you know, being in better shape and eating better and doing all those things. And, you know, and these guys would run through the wall all the time and, and uh, there wasn't a lot of individualism. Well now, because they're, they're so individualized, focused on themselves, you know, for so long about their individual skills and eating habits. I mean, everyone's in great shape. Everyone can shoot. Everyone can skate. But guys, you know, sometimes have a hard time understanding, um, you know, the team concept and, and how important it is to, you know, to be a good teammate, how important it is to, you know, make plays to, that are going to help your team, um, just not yourself. Um, you know, like blocking shots and finishing checks and, you know, making sure you're, you know, sacrificing your body to make a play for your, you know, play for your line mate or for your team. So there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a difference, you know, from, from the 12 years. So, you know, I think you really got to be able to focus on making sure they understand that, you know, the harder that they play and, and, and the more they, they grasp on the team concept and the more individual accolades are that, uh, that each player is going to be able to have. So, I think that's kind of one thing that things changed a little bit from, you know, from year one to year 12. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the other thing I'd be like interested in hearing and today with everything, there's just so much development. There's so many things you could read about. There's so many new things you could try, whether it's on ice or off ice. But I think, you know, when they're in Carlton place, right, they come in, they have all these coaches, they're helping them. You know, what do you think, you know, from uh, say you start September one all the way through, I, well, I forget what your season could possibly run through. Is it April or May? I think if you guys go all the way yep. through a national championship. So, you know, Monday to Friday, like in your uh, your philosophy, what do you think is important for? I guess I guess one aspect would be team development, right? The team getting better every day as a team, and then you know personal development. I mean, we have had some coaches come on and talk about you know skills, doing skill uh, practices every day, things like that. Um, you know, what what kind of is your kind of uh, outline for the players or? What are, what are things that you want to focus on with the kids uh, as a team and individually? So a thing we, we, we talk uh, um, we, we've always had here in Carlton Place is structure. So their day starts at uh, about eight, eight o'clock in the morning and it's, it's done usually around five o'clock at night. So I think structure is a big thing. We're trying to move players on to, to the next level. And if you're going to play major junior, you're going to play division one, you're going to play pro. There's a lot of structure and, you've got to be able to have really good time management skills in order for you to be successful within that structure. So our day usually starts, guys, uh, we have our own gym. Um, so we have about 3,000 square feet, uh, and it's our own gym. We train our own players. I mean, there's no gym passes, nothing. It's just our gym and our gym only where we train all three of our teams. So we've got a U18 team, a junior B team, and a junior A team, and, and we kind of have the same structure. Uh, and same timelines for, for all three teams. We kind of do it like as a European club system really is, is kind of what our philosophy has been. But, you know, the guys arrive at the gym at around, uh, you know, 8.45 in the morning. Um, you know, they do a team stretch. And then our strength coach, uh, Chris Burgess, runs our guys through, uh, depending on the day and depending on the time of the year, you know, anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15-minute, uh, you know, workout. So supervised workout. Um, they get partnered up and, and they're doing their workouts after that 
Um, it's mandatory that all of our guys go to school. So um, whether the guys are going to high school or whether they're in university, uh, the university guys are taking two courses per semester. Um, if you want to be able to play in our program, you got to be able to be a student athlete. You just can't be a hockey. You certainly can't um, not go to school for a couple of years while you're, you know, pursuing a Division One, and then expect um, to go and play Division One hockey and be really good in the classroom um, and be a, an elite student athlete. You know, two years being removed from schooling. So, you know, being in school while you're playing junior hockey for us, I think, is really important. And again, that comes down to the personal development that you know, that we think that's really important for players to, you know, players to grow as people, but also as players. So we have a study, uh, study hall where, where guys are able to either use the Crown Place library, they can go back to the, to the, uh, to the arena where there's, uh, there's an upper hall that we have access to for guys to be able to, to do homework or do their classes, online classes, um, and or they can go back to, uh, back to their, uh, back to their billets um, to do any, uh, to any, do any classes as well too. So then the guys, uh, you, uh, guys are back. We practice every day from uh, 2.30 to 4.30. Uh, the guys come back and uh, we do video from about 1.45 to 2 o'clock, sometimes, you know, a little bit sooner than that, a little bit quicker. And then the kids get about 30 minutes of free ice, and we usually do use that for um, power play time. So we put a lot of onus on the players to, to own things, and, and the guys will be working on power play and penalty kill uh, just with the captains and the players on the ice. The coaches are on the ice, and they work on it for about uh, 20 to 30 minutes every single day. Um, we get a flood, and then uh, we come on, and uh, the coaches work every day from 2.30 to 4.30 with the players. So just depending on the week and depending on the day and how we're doing things, I mean, we might run a two-hour practice one day. We might run an hour and then individual skills. We might do splits. We're working with forward or D and, you know, centermen working on, on face-offs. So it's, it's just different every week. We try and keep it fresh, uh, try and keep the players, um, you know what I mean, interest, uh, you know, high all the time and, and try to keep things different a little bit for them just to kind of keep them interested. So sure, sure. That's, yeah. It's literally like a, like a full day, a full day for us. And then Mondays is usually a, a day off for us. And uh, Mondays is usually when we do yoga. So we'll do yoga every morning. Uh, let the kids kind of sleep in a little bit on uh, Mondays because we usually play every Friday, Sunday, and the guys usually do yoga around 11:30, you know, 11 or 11:30 on Mondays. Get a get a really good stretch, and it's a it's a good way to, you know, kind of get the uh, the bumps and bruises and you know and the tightness kind of out of out of your uh, out of your body there on Monday, and then we get back at it hard on uh, on Tuesday again. So that's kind of really kind of what our our full week here is for for all three teams. Yeah, and with all that structure and and. Um... Uh, you know, you're demanding a lot of the kids and obviously there's also a component of personal responsibility. Do you find in, in uh, the adjustment for some kids, I'd be curious, you know, first off kids that are first time playing junior or coming from different junior programs. And then I think even, uh, I guess a part B of that would be younger kids. Cause I know the CCHL, there's typically a lot of really good younger kids that play in the league. I mean, what, what do you see the biggest adjustment is for kids when they come to a place like Carlton? I think the biggest adjustment is just is just how hard um, how hard our days are. I mean, you're starting off with a with a workout, then you're going to school, and then you're getting a good two hour workout again. You know, on the ice and and lots of video, lots of attention to detail. Um, you know, all the kids are always really excited from you know September to to uh, to to December, and we really find that you know coming into this into this program, they're you know they're kind of wide, their eyes are wide open for the first couple of weeks, and trying to make adjustments and then, you know, they kind of start getting caught up to everything. And then all of a sudden by, 
you know, the middle of November, the end of November, a lot of the first year guys, you just could see are absolutely beat. So we always laugh every year. We always send the kids home for, you know, 12 to 14 days at Christmas. And I can be honest with you, not very many guys out of those, you know, out of our, off of our team for those 12 to 14 days, take their equipment home. So out of, out of 23 guys in that locker room, I, I might see, you know, the goalie's gear is gone for sure, but not many players' gears are gone. Guys are actually, you know, resting and, and, and getting away from the rink and letting their bodies recuperate because, you know, a lot of these guys practice more, um, you know, in, from September to December and play more games from September to December than they do, you know, the whole, uh, the whole years, you know, you know, every year prior to. So it's a, it's a bit of a tough adjustment for those guys. Um, you know, you know, going through the year, they get, they get kind of worn out, but, you know, we do give them some time off and, and try and uh, be able to make sure that we understand that, you know, the, uh, you don't want to load things up too much. So, you know, the second half, we usually go to hour practices rather than having two hour practices in the second half to, just to be able to make sure that we keep them fresh for, you know, for when the real season starts, which is the playoffs. Sure. Sure. And I think too, you know, going off of that, you guys always typically play pretty long into the season. You guys have done a lot of winning since you've been there. Um, I think I'd be interested to hear from you. I mean, obviously we touched on the foundation and some concepts and things you find important, but you know, it's one thing to have a great season. It's another to have a, a lot of great seasons. And I think what, what would you kind of, uh, touch on as far as concepts that you know can that lead to sustainable success like you've had is that character is that doing the homework on the people you're bringing in is that just having talent is that building through your uh your ghost roster like what what is important to you you know that you think leads to sustainable success i think the first thing is is, is character you know um you know you're a pro you're you're a product of your own environment is is what i'm a, I'm a big believer in so I think one of the things is, is that, uh, you know, when you're recruiting players, you're, you're recruiting the family, to be honest with you. I mean, um, you know, we just want players that are, are coming from good families that, you know, that, you know, that believe in structure and, and believe in being held accountable and, you know, work ethic and all the things that you need to be successful just in a regular life. I mean, um, and, and we're a firm, I'm a firm believer of your product of your own environment. So, um, you mean that, that starts off first and then, I mean, I think the big thing for us is just, is just, there's two things that we talk about in front place all the time is there's two things that, um, that you can control as a player, right. And you can control your work ethic and you can control your attitude. And obviously attitude is, is, a, is obviously is a big part of, you know, your character, um, you know, which we, you know, which we've, you know, obviously done a lot of homework on and talked to a lot of people about their character. And second thing is just work ethic. I mean, um, I like guys that, you know, don't quit on pucks and do all the little things that, that need to be done in order to, to win the big games, you know, in the playoffs and in the tight games, individual skills are a big thing and you need to be skilled. And, and there's no doubt about that. You need to be able to skate and play the game. But if you're going to do all those things, you have to be able to do all those things to be able to play junior anyways. But, you know, one thing I look at is, is compete level and, and, you know, and just, and just their work ethic, you know, are they a 200 foot guy? You know, do they finish your checks? Do they, you know, do they not quit on pucks? Do they, you know, are, are, are you know, are they, are they, you know, coming hard with back pressure and, you know what I mean? Or are they just, yep. are they just as, soon as, as soon as they get on the ice, are they just as aggressive as they can be uh, all the time? Just, you know, ha you know, puck hounding everything. So it's, those are two things I think that are, are really important, you know, is that, is their attitude obviously is character and, and just their work ethic. We can, 
we can teach them, you know, our systems and teach them, you know, and, and, and give them good habits. And, and that's our job. Our job is to be able to create really good habits. And, but two things that are non-negotiable with us is just, uh, it's just character and, and work ethic. I think, you know, touching on that, all those, all those uh, concepts of, of sustainable success. I mean, also you guys have also had, um, Tons of kids come through the program that have come from all different walks of life, different programs, United States, Canada, you know, all over the place. I think today kids have so many options and there's leagues that, you know, obviously are, are better than others. And, and there's programs that are better than programs and better leagues and vice versa and all that stuff. I mean, what, when kids are going through this junior hockey process today and they're trying to figure out, I think sometimes, I think some kids forget that they should pick a place that's best for their personal development, right? Within the team concept. But I, I think, what do you, what would you say? I mean, you're recruiting every year, you're dealing with kids from all over, you're, you're training for kids, recruiting kids, signing kids, you know, what is important or advice you would give to a player that's going through that junior hockey process? I think first and foremost, a lot of, uh, a lot of players, advisors and agents, you know, fixate too much on what league they're playing in as opposed to what, what team they're playing on. Um, I think the big thing for me is, is if I'm a parent uh, and I'm looking at something is what, what, where does my son fit in to, you know, to a specific, uh, to a specific team and does that team, is that team going to allow, you know, myself or my son to be able to accelerate his strengths as a player. You want to be able to be the best version of yourself every day but also being in a program where you're going to continue to get that development. So you really have to be able to pick a team a that, that you feel comfortable with where you're going to be able to accelerate your strengths, not about where you're playing, you know, not about what league you're playing in, but what team are you playing on that has a, has that structured schedule that I'm going to be able to develop as a player and develop as a person. But first and foremost is, am I going to go to a program where I can accelerate my strengths? Like you need to be the best version of yourself every day. And where am I going to be able to get that? If you're a player and you're good enough, guys are going to be able to find you 150%. So I think the fixation on, on what league you're playing is, I think there's way too much, uh, way too much kind of thought put onto that rather than, you know, the thought of being put onto where am I going to be able to accelerate my strengths and what program is going to help me to develop, a continue to develop my strengths, but also too is help me become more of a rounded player and and you know and become a and become a better person. That's kind of what uh, the advice that I always give uh, to to players that are that are that are looking to uh, to move on to the next level. Yeah, I think it's uh, great advice. I mean, sometimes it's crazy. Everybody's always looking for exposure and stuff, but what gets lost, at least in my opinion, is uh, is development, like making decisions based on development. And then I think too, like what gets another thing that gets lost is is like we want you to get to college, but also be a really good college hockey player. So what do you have to do to do that? Right. So I think like you've touched on, you know, asking questions and doing all that homework and knowing where you're going to fit. And if it's right for you, the kid's going to know, right. When he meets you, sees the program, he's going to know what he's hearing. And if it's going to be a spot he can see himself playing at, I think bringing this full circle, the reason I asked that question is because you've had guys like Colton point play for you, uh, who was a great goalie, probably could have played a lot of places, um, obviously went on to Colgate, um, NHL goalie, uh, and, and obviously just this year too. 
uh, they're both goalies, but Devin Levi um, obviously uh, had a tremendous year, and I uh, and he's going into I don't know with COVID actually, but I'm guessing he's at Northeastern. But um, you know, try to touch on their experiences and uh, maybe you know why not why obviously it worked for them, but you know why you thought they maybe picked Carlton, maybe they uh, and 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 their experience there as as they kind of progressed with their development. I think one of the things is 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 one the reason why those uh, those kids ended up working out and coming to Carlton Place was that again is that you're a product of your own environment. When I met the when I met both families and they came in here for, um, came in here for a tour, um, just you know spending you know I'd be honest with you spending the first ten minutes just with the families, not so much the kids, is that you knew that these guys were had a really good uh, a really good support system that um, that they were going to be able to to be able to get better. And I think, uh, again, I mean, I've said it before in, 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 in this interview, but you're a product of your own environment. So, you I mean, um, both, both families are just really good people believe in, uh, in the same things that, uh, that our philosophies are about, about structure and about accountability and about, you know, work ethic and, you know what I mean? And, and, and living your life the right way all the time. And I think that's a, that was a, that was a big reason. You I mean, that's a, about you know you know through through the uh, recruiting process and then obviously you know we've got uh, you know we have an educational coordinator that they met and spoke about schooling and how we were to help them with the schooling um, you know we've got goalie coaches and individual skills coaches and how we do video every day and you know how how we take care of our goaltenders on, on a regular basis with regards to their individual development on top of team and development so you mean the big thing is, is that, you know, I think they chose Carlton places because they felt most comfortable about knowing that they're going to be able to be the best versions of themselves every single day, that we had the tools uh, to be able to, to, to help them. Um, and, and the fact that also too, is that, you know, we worked very hard for our players uh, to be able to get the players to the next level. So having an educational coordinator and, and having all of our player profiles done and having all the kids uh, through NCA Clearinghouse and, and Gary McGee does a great job in holding everyone's hand and getting them through the process. You know, and then we've got our video coach, Chris Cram and John Schnoffer, who are, you know, putting video clips together where we can put video profiles together. So we kind of went through the whole process of, of with them about how uh, we promote our players, how we take care of our players, how the development works, you know, and how we're going to help them as, you know, as people, but also, help them continue with their with their individual skill and individual development for as being a hockey player so you I mean i think that uh if you take care of your players like like they're your own kids which is kind of my philosophy then you I mean that it would be to me a, a no-brainer for you know for families to choose carl place and, and and choose it as a place that they can grow up and, and become a, a a young man and and uh, you know and continue to develop as a player yeah, I think you're hitting on is you guys have this great vessel for, for kids to take advantage of and, and get the most out of, the, out of it. Um, but it also comes back to the kid, and, and obviously guys like Cole Point, Levi, and, and all the other kids you've had come through have made the most of it, right? It's one thing to give them all the resources, but to kind of go through the motions is, is probably, first off, it's not a good fit for either side, but the kid's not doing himself justice to, to kind of take advantage of all those resources you guys have. Um, but moving into like the college exposure, obviously now you've, you've talked about the development types of kids and things like that. You know, for people not familiar, I mean, I think everyone for the most part knows the CCHL, they've heard of Carlton Place, but the college exposure, like, you know, talk about the, you know, colleges viewings coming up there, you know, how consistent is it? 
um, and also kind of what what do you do to help the kids move on, whether it's Division One, Division Three. I know some kids up there are going to, to CIS. I mean, what what are you guys doing to help the kids? I think what makes our 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 league more unique than any other league in in the world, and I can honestly say that is. Um, people um, that don't know much about our league don't understand that point A, um, let's just say Pembroke to point B, which is Hawkesbury, so that's the furthest north and furthest south, is only three hours and 45 minutes, and all the teams are within that area. So the traveling, there's zero travel for any of our teams in our league. There's no overnights. All the kids are home and in bed. Um, at, you know, no treacherous road trips, no, you know, gone for a week or snowy bad roads or bad weather. Like, it's – the travel here is unbelievable. So – that is a big bonus for the scouts that are coming in. So if you're a division one school, you know, coming into our league, you come here on a Wednesday and you hear, you're here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can watch all 12 teams play within four days. There's no other, like there's no other league in North America that you could do that. Right. Unless you're at a showcase. Right? Yeah, I don't so, think you're right. Teams come in here all the time and they'll spend three or four days here and, and they'll watch, you know what I mean? They'll watch, um, they'll watch all 12 teams play. Not only will they watch 12 teams play, but we have um, a centrally located U18 showcase. So all the best, you know, first and second, third year midget players play every Saturday at the same rink all the time. So guys will come in, watch hockey from, you know, they'll watch Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday they go to the midget showcase and go from eight o'clock in the morning till you know five in the afternoon then they head to a junior a game on Saturday night and then they're usually here every Sunday on, the, on their way back because our, our afternoon games are Sundays at three o'clock and then you know they're heading home at seven o'clock so they've watched you know all 12 teams play and then they've probably watched you know 200 midget players all within you know all within four days so that's what really makes our league a lot more unique and I'll be honest with you with with budgets, you see, you see a lot of, uh, see a lot of teams, you know, cut and slash and budgets and our league to be able to come up here and, and with the Canadian dollar with where it's at and the, and, and zero travel uh, for these scouts to be able to stay in Ottawa uh, and watch all 12 teams play. I mean, it just, it just makes a lot of sense for guys to be able to do it. So. For sure. You know, and I think the one thing I'd ask you too is, and we had uh, Dan Sov on here from Rockland and I didn't want to hammer you about the CCHL, but I'd be interested, you know, just for people I mean, I know the league has good players in it every year, but for people again, that can't get up there and watch a game, maybe touch on two why college, like this year, I think off the top of my head, I mean, you had Northeastern, you had what kid committed to Western Michigan and Hawkesbury, Vermont. I mean, you've had kids are getting committed to uh, all over hockey East, ECAC, uh, you know, NCHC, maybe touch on, um, um, just like the, the caliber of the league, like the competition and how good the league actually is. And some players you saw this year that are going to go on and have great division one careers. And, um, you know, for people that maybe just don't know how good the league is. Well, I mean, I mean, for instance, I mean, um, you know, just give you an example, I mean, uh, Colton point, um, you know, played here, you know, three or four years ago, he was a third round draft pick in the NHL, you know, was the backup for the world juniors. Um, You've got Andy Sturts that played for our program. He's the all-time leading goal scorer at Penn State and signed with the Ottawa with the Ottawa Senators in the NHL. And you know he played here four or five years ago. So, I mean, it just gives you the type of caliber of players. I mean, there's you know two or three kids getting drafted in the NHL, or you know, and three or you know five or six kids on the NHL draft list every year off of this league. And you know, and people and people you know forget as well too is that this is just a little small league. This isn't the whole province of Alberta or the whole province of, 
of, of BC. We're talking about a league that's within four hours uh, of the teams are within four hours of each other. So, I mean, it's a, it's a small little area. And, and, and the players that this league has produced over the years, I mean, Steve Eiserman played in, the, played in this league, Martin St. Louis, Larry Robinson, Wayne Simmons, Jimmy Howard. I mean, Dana Zuberis, like the list goes on, Claude Giroux. I mean, all these players played in this league and developed in this league, and, and players continue to, to get drafted, you know what I mean, all the time. So, I mean, a couple of years ago we had, uh, you know, Colton Point, like I said, in the third round, but, you know, Brent Murray went in the fourth round right after him. You know, Brent Murray went to Penn State and just signed his first pro contract with Buffalo and, you know, played last year, played in the American League, and he's only been removed here for the last uh, three or four years. So, I mean, the caliber of play in our league is uh, is as good as, as any league in, in the country. I mean, we take a look at uh, at our record at the RBC. I mean, we beat all the BC teams. We beat all the Alberta teams. I mean, hockey's hockey. Whether you're playing in British Columbia, Alberta, the Maritime League, our league, I mean, there's good players all over the place. The the, the, the reason why, you know, we've removed so many players on is, is that the coaching staff works very hard for the players. I mean, and, and that comes right down to our video coach, to our educational coordinator, to our assistant coaches and myself. We're continually promoting our players by sending shifts and player profiles and goals and highlights. And, I mean, if you don't stay on top of it and you don't work hard for your players, you know, I mean, how, how do you expect your players to work hard for you if, if, if the relationship's not a two-way street? So it's a small little – we're a small little franchise. We always say we're like the, you know – like the Florida Panthers of the NHL, we're kind of a small market team and a, and, a, and a lower budget team than maybe some of the teams that we play in the, in the, in the BC league, but, or in the, in the RBC, but you I mean we compete with, uh, compete with those teams all the time and we move as many players on as those guys do. So again, you, you can't be fixated on what league you're playing on. You have to be fixated on, you know, what, organization can allow me to accelerate my strengths and, and continue to, to develop into the person and the player that I want to be. And uh, that's kind of what our focus has been since day one. Yeah. And another guy off the top of my head is, um, uh, is Cam Crotty, right? And he, he played in, uh, he played in Brockville, the B. Yeah. yeah. I, so I had the, uh, I had the pleasure of, uh, of coaching uh, Cam Crotty at uh, Team Canada East. And we actually won a silver medal loss to the USHL 3-1, uh, the USHL, um, all-star team there in the U.S. Uh, three to one a couple of years ago, and, and Cam was just unbelievable. We used to call him the uh, we used to call him the, uh, the the professor. So we'd always sit in all we always he'd always sit in every meeting with his legs crossed and his in his hand and his chin, and he was just you know soaking it all in. So he got the nickname the professor the whole time he was at Team Canada. He's just a, a really good, really really good kid, but just comes from a wonderful family that uh, he's got a great support system there. His, his family really supports him and he's just a great kid. It was a pleasure to coach. And, and he, he obviously he's had a very successful career, a getting drafted, but B uh, has been very good for, um, you know, for, for Boston in, uh, in the division one uh, program for them. Yeah, I think, I guess we've heard a lot uh, about Carlton place today and, and really the ins and outs and what you believe in. And it's been awesome. And I think to kind of bring this full circle is at the end of the day, you need players and, uh, you know, obviously anything you could touch on with your recruiting philosophy, where are you guys getting players? You know, how does that work for kids that are interested? And, and I also, you know, how do you guys go about finding and identifying Americans? And I know that I'm sure the basis of that is scouting, but maybe touch on, you know, how much of that you guys do and how that works. We do a fair bit, a uh, fair bit of scouting. We've got, um, you know, we call them bird dogs. We don't have, 
you know, specifically uh, guys, you know, working just for the current place canes, but I have guys that I trust um, that, um, you know, that, uh, that watch a lot of hockey in, in the U S you know, midget league or the U S prep school. And we got a lot of guys watching, you know, Canadian, uh, Canadian prep school and midget hockey for us as well too. And, you know, I just, you know, just work the phones weekly and try and get updates on guys and how guys look and what they think about them. And, you know, once we kind of identify specific players, then, uh, that we like as players, then we start, you know, start doing uh, our homework on their character and, you know, trying to get reference checks and, and so on and so forth. So, you I mean, it's, uh, it's, it, it's not easy to be honest with you because there, there's so many, there's so many leagues and there's so much to watch, um, you know, that, uh, you know, we've kind of got our niche in certain areas and we just really kind of, you know, specifically, you know, work in our, in our niches and, and, and make sure that we do a really good job and, you know, hopefully we get, you know, the best players out of those areas that we, that we, you know, that we're, uh, that we're recruiting out of. So it's, uh, it's worked so far, you know, for, for the first 12 years, but you mean that as there's more options, it gets harder and harder all the, all the time in recruiting. So you just gotta, you gotta stay on top of it. And just like anything in life, uh, Colby, I mean, uh, you get out of life what you put into it. So if you don't spend a lot of time recruiting and don't work hard at it, then you're not going to get very good, very many good players because uh, there's lots of good options in Canada now and in the U.S. And you got to work hard. And if you don't work hard, well, you're not going to get the players that you want. Yeah, I completely agree. Whether it's uh, prep school midgets or juniors, it's like whoever the coach is, whatever you want to get out of it. It's uh, I always I always tell people when I'm talking about that stuff is it's a it's a canvas. It's it's and it's yours to uh, to make. I think one other question, and and we'll we'll kind of bring this to a conclusion is. And over the last two or three years, just hitting on the recruiting piece again, is where would you say most of your roster is made up from? Is it uh, like where are the American kids coming from? Is it literally all over? Where are the, I mean, the Canadians you're getting? Um, you know, what, where do you find your, your, you've gone recently or gotten kids from? We just, we've kind of, we've kind of, um, you know, stuck to New York State a lot, to be honest sure. with you, and, and Michigan. Those are kind of our, our, our two uh, hotbeds that we like to, you know, kind of go into and, and, and recruit. A, um, I've got, you know, A, the New York board's really close and we're able to, you know, just for cost-wise to be able to get over there sometimes as much as I can. And then Michigan, I've got, you know, three or four really good contacts that I really, really trust when it comes to their assessment of talent, but also their assessment of their character and, and how hard they work on, on getting really good reference checks and background checks on kids. So, it's something like that. And then I've got some really good guys up in Quebec that, uh, that I, that I really trust as well too. And, and same thing out East. So, I mean, it, it kind of comes full circle. I mean, you know, this year we didn't have any players from Michigan. They were, you know, we found them in, uh, in the New York state area. So, uh, but we didn't have any Michigan players this year. So, I mean, um, it, it is what it is. I mean, you're just trying to, you're trying to, you know, the recruiting game is uh, is is a tough game. If you have a list of a hundred, you're 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 lucky to get you know two or three out of that, right? So sure. there's just so many, there's just so many options. So yeah. it's a lot of work, but um, it is very satisfying. Um, you know when you do recruit and you get players like you know Colton Point who get drafted in the NHL, Devin Levi who's going to get drafted and probably play on the World Junior Team, or you know Andy Sturts who I worked on for two years to to recruit. He finally finally committed to us and you know, he's the all-time leading goal scorer at Penn State. I mean, it's your, your hard work does it. It is satisfying when, when you, when you do get those players and, and they turn out to, to be the player that you thought they would be. So, I mean, it's uh, but it does, you know, it's, it's a testament to them. It's a, Crown Place isn't an easy place to play. There's a lot of structure. It's a lot of hard work, but 
you know, those players uh, put the work in that, uh, that, uh, that was asked of them every day. And it was, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy watching the kids grow up as, as, uh, as, as young adults and really enjoy watching their development. And, and I enjoy, I enjoy every aspect of it. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today and telling us about Carlton Place uh, development uh, players when they're choosing junior teams and, and also touching on the CCHL and what it's all about. I mean, I, I learned stuff uh, today, like every podcast, that I didn't know about the actual ins and outs of some of the organizations. So I do this with every guest. I just always throw it to the guest uh, for the last word. I mean, any advice you have, it doesn't have to be anything long or it could be short and sweet, but advice or, or if people want to, or they're interested in Carlton Place, you know, anything uh, you want to add uh, before we kind of shut this thing down? You want to what? The advice I always give to every parent kid is uh, the ages from 16 to 20 are the best years of, uh, are the best and most fun years of your life. Uh, enjoy it. And if you're not having fun playing when you play, well, life is way too short. You need to be able to find a place where you can accelerate your strengths, have fun, um, you know, play hockey and, and just develop as a player, as a person. It's really, really important that, you know, you don't fixate on leagues. You fixate, you fixate more on teams that are going to help you accelerate your strengths and you have to have fun. If you're not having fun, you know, as a 16 year old to a 20 year old, you mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's not good. I mean, you, those are the best years of your life. And I just always tell, tell players, I mean, you I mean it's it's junior hockey and you're taking two courses and you know what I mean and you're and you're having lots of fun and then you get to university and all of a sudden it's you know it's obviously a lot more serious you know you got they're paying for your education and there's a little bit more pressure and you know and and life goes on and then all of a sudden you're 24 23 and your your real life is hit and hit soon you're paying bills and girlfriends and you know jobs and maybe playing pro hockey so you know what I mean? Uh, those 16 year old to 20 year old years are going to be your, you know, your best years of, of your life when you're having the most, like when you're having the most fun and, and having lots of freedom and, you know, just be the best version of yourself, find a team where you're going to be able to do that, have fun, enjoy life and, you know, and do the two things that you can do. You can control your work ethic and your attitude. And if you find a place where you're going to be able to accelerate your strengths and you've got a good attitude and, and, and good work ethic, you're going to get everything out of life that you want. So, just enjoy it and have fun and, you know, enjoy the ride. Really good advice. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks again, Jason. Thanks for having me, Colby. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed myself a lot. Thanks again for listening. This has been another episode of the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Paragon Athlete. Again, that's at Paragon Athlete. And uh, check out our website at www.paragonsportsconsulting.com. I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode and look forward to having you guys listen to our next uh, episode next week. Uh, be safe and uh, talk soon.